0: It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, Small Business and Franchise Expert, Tom Scarda. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarta, and today we have a great podcast with a pet industry franchise that I know and love. If you've never listened to the podcast before, the Franchise Academy is everything you need to know and want to know about franchising, whether you're interested in buying a franchise, turning your business into a franchise, or selling your existing franchise. We have all the data for that. Check out the old podcast at thefranchiseacademy.com. While you're there, check out my new online course, the A to Z on how to buy a franchise, everything you need to know, and the strategies on how to pick a winning concept for you. Today, I have Anthony Palazzi with me from Zoom Room. He's a CFO, and he is also a venture capitalist in franchising and business. And we're going to talk a lot about what's going on with Zoom Room over the past couple of years. So one of my favorite topics, which is franchising with dogs. (laughs) So Anthony, welcome to the Franchise Academy.
1: Thanks Tom I appreciate being on uh, thanks for having me.
0: Now this is great. So Zoom Room if I remember correctly um I've looked at this franchise a few times it's kind of like a gym for dogs and their parents. Is that
1: right? Yeah, we we like to use our slogan of we don't train the dogs we train the people who love them. Um and so the the you know, model is basically, as you said, a gym uh, where people and their dogs can come and, and um, play and socialize and
0: get activity. Very cool. So you're the president of AP Franchise Concepts. Well, what is that? What, what, do you, what does AP do?
1: Yeah, so AP Franchise Concepts is my firm. It makes investments in emerging brands, um, franchise or corporate, uh, and helps them grow. So Typically, the brands are usually five to ten, maybe fifteen units. Uh, when I get involved, and we're trying to bring them to fifty to one hundred units to to the point
0: at which they gain kind of scale in the in the industry. Cool. So, um, what are the concepts are you involved in in the franchise world? If you don't mind me asking, if you don't want to, and say no, me, not at all.
1: Um, I'm involved in four restaurant businesses. A couple would be, uh, the kebab shop, which is a Mediterranean concept, uh, based in California raw juice, which is a juice concept based in South Florida. And then I have, uh, a fitness franchise called honor yoga. And then, uh, of course we're here to, today to talk about zoom room, uh, which is our dog training franchise.
0: Awesome. And give my regards to Maria at honor yoga. She is a great lady. So and, and awesome. an excellent person. Yep. So awesome. So, um, zoom room, um, has been growing exponentially. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, we, uh, you know, obviously, uh, in, in March, 2020, we ran into, uh, COVID in the same way that, uh, that everyone else did. Um, and our, our business was shut down for for a small period of time, but Um, but once it reopened, it's really been on a tear since, uh, you know, the concept is kind of naturally social distance. I can explain that a little bit more. Um, but, uh, but really has been as, as people have gone and spent more time at home and with their pets, uh, it's really been a natural for the business, uh, to then come in, get them trained at zoom room. And we've just been on a tear both with our existing units and and with adding new units.
0: That is so cool. And so, yeah, t- tell us about, like, the social distancing, how that just absolutely, it just kind of fits the model anyway, right? So what does that look like?
1: Yeah, so with Zoom Room, we used to have, to be honest with you, a six-foot rule um, about spacing between people. And I know it sounds weird um, to talk about that now, um, but but from the early days of the concept, the idea was, you know, being able to have enough space between the person, their dog, and and the other person and their dog on a leash, which typically will be, you know, kind of in that uh, four, five, six foot foot length, and so, um, so we never have people that are closer than around six feet, and so when we when COVID started, we had a natural you know explanation when they were talking about capacity or how many people could be in place. We were like, well, we always are are six feet separated um, because of because of the length of the spa, space between dogs.
0: Yeah, brilliant, and and so you had mentioned that. You don't train dogs, but you train the owners, so like, what does that mean? Well, the
1: reality is is that in dog training, you know um one a lot of people focus on well, um somebody's got to teach the dog what to do, but the reality is is that once you leave whoever you're training with, you know you might spend a half an hour, an hour with them and your dog, but then you're gonna spend twenty three hours and with your dog without the trainer there, right, um, or maybe you know, if you only go once a week, it could be, you know, seven times that amount that you're spending with your dog without the trainer there. So where, where is the, where's your pet getting the feedback from during all that time? They're getting it from you. And so what you really need to be able to do is reinforce, um, what you're learning in the training. And that's why what cues we give our animals are the most important thing and how we interact with the dog, is much more important, quite frankly, than the 30 or, or minutes or an hour that you spend with the trainer. So what we're doing is giving you all the right ways to to interact with your dog when you're not um, in a Zoom room uh, or in training.
0: And, and this happens in an indoor facility, correct? Yeah. One of the great things about Zoom room,
1: and this has been you know, COVID, but pre-COVID too, is that it's always 72 degrees. Um, so, you know, if you live somewhere where it can be hot in the summer or cold in the winter, or or it might just be raining that day, all of a sudden your plans with your, your pet can get ruined pretty easily. But for, you know, for zoom room, you know, you have a place you can come, you can train socialize, uh, with, with your dog for, you know, half an hour, an hour in a beautiful environment. That's uh, always
0: 72 degrees. Love that. And so the dogs and, and, and their owners are together all the time. So it's not like uh, a doggy daycare or something like that. Correct. Yeah. And
1: you know, that goes to two things. One that makes it easier as a business owner, because um, you know, it, it reduces the liability and you don't have biting and things like that, that might go on in, in other facilities. But two, um, you know again, we're training the the people as well as the dogs, and so you have to be there, you have to be present um but it's a fun time and 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 it's great and it's great to to be there and and learn about how to train your dog
0: so how big is a facility typically um yeah,
1: typically with a single gym uh, it'd be somewhere in the twenty eight hundred uh, three thousand square feet um you know about half that would be the gym the other half would be uh retail um uh, bathrooms a little bit of office space front desk um if uh, uh some of our franchisees especially our newer ones are choosing to add a second gym so then it might expand up to about 4000 square feet um to add a second
0: gym in so two gyms under one roof
1: yeah and the idea there is is that there are certain things like private lessons, orientations, um, you know, things like that that don't need a full size, you know, our full size 1,400, 1,500 square foot gym. Um, so you can have a second gym that's 800 or 1,000 square feet and and uh, do a lot of the services and keep your full gym just for the, the group classes and things
0: where you need more space. That's awesome. Really good. So when you are looking for a franchise owner, are you looking for someone who loves dogs and wants to train dogs
1: well I don't want to say no because we always love people who love dogs and, and want to train dogs but that's it's certainly not a requirement to be a trainer or have any experience training dogs what what we found is that the most successful people in our franchise are people who you know um, who understand uh, business who who um, you know, who are looking at this as an opportunity to not only do something that they love, but also, you know, um, also make some money along the way as well. And so, you know, we tend to look for people who, um, who, you know, uh, have some experience with dogs, but also, you know, um, enjoy operating a business and, and want to be entrepreneurial.
0: Does the owner have to be on site every day? Or could it be run by a manager? It certainly can be run by a manager.
1: We have the whole spectrum. Uh, we have owners who you know, aren't on site at all and, and rely on a manager um, who operate multiple facilities. You obviously are going to have to operate that way at some point. And then we have owners who are the manager and the head trainer and, and do it all themselves. So it, it kind of varies by franchisee.
0: Would you be able to pinpoint like a common characteristic among your most successful franchise owners? Yeah I think there's
1: two that uh that I would say that um, really drive success. One is is um adopting the franchise system. I mean one of the interesting things is that um in, in franchising, you know, people are coming to the system because we've thought out and used our best knowledge to develop this whole system and process and make it easy to operate the business. But then some people don't want to follow um You know, follow the system. They don't want to take advantage of all those tools. They want to, you know, they want to um, do their own things. And so, you know, clearly we want somebody who's going to follow the system because that's, we spend a lot of time working and evolving and perfecting that system. And then, and so our most successful people are people who follow the system. The second thing is really um, what I would call, um, you know, building a culture. Like, uh, you know, each of these is a mini business. Our, you know, top um, are, if you look, at Zoom Room, we have more five-star reviews than any other child training business in the country, you know. Um, and if you look at the, you know, the reason why we get those is because our franchisee owners are in the there every day, making sure that the culture and the customer service is exceptional. And that's, you know, so we we definitely want uh, franchisees who who pay attention to, you know, the customer service.
0: So what makes Zoom Room really unique compared to other franchise systems or? That involve pets? Well, there's a couple of things. I mean, one, as you mentioned, because
1: the dogs, because the owners are present with their dogs, um, that changes the whole dynamic a little bit. So it takes a lot of the issues that you tend to deal with, um, you know, potential biting issues, potential liability issues, those kind of things are taken out of the picture because the owner's always with their with their pet, um, and so a lot of the administration worries and stuff like that go away, and you get to spend a little bit more time focused on the training and and those aspects. You know, this the second thing is that we're a very data-driven de- franchise. Um, you know, myself and our founders spend a lot of time really analyzing the data, running regressions. Um, picking apart, you know, the business. And, and that's really allowed us to grow very rapidly and our franchisees to grow very rapidly. And so, um, you know, we, we just have a huge focus on the data and we think that's important as, as we move forward.
0: I I think that's a big difference in this particular franchise is, is all that data. So what kind of data are you looking at? We we look at
1: everything. I mean, we look at um, occupancy in the class, right? How many dogs per class? We look at, you know, we look at one. I'll give you an example. We did uh, a quick um, case study a, a few years ago where we, we had heard from a franchisee because we like to talk to our franchisees and hear about what they're seeing. And they mentioned at the time that they were just looking to get through, uh, you know, to just try and get people to use their credits as quickly as possible. Um, And we said, oh, that's interesting. And so we went and ran a big regression analysis on the frequency of how often people came in their first four to five, six weeks, and whether or not it tied to how often they came over their lifetime. And the reality was, was there was like a 90 plus percent correlation. And so we could tell you who your best customers were going to be over their lifetime by their first you know four or five if they came four or five it varied by store a little bit. but if they came four or five times in their first four or five weeks we could basically tell you that they're going to be a top you know um, customer for you and so that allowed us then to structure kind of our pricing and scheduling programs to ensure that people got in the habit of coming once per week in the early days and and develop more people into
0: that into that cohort. That is amazing, actually, and and that's you know that's the kind of stuff that in you know, a mom a mom and pop type of operation, whether it's dog training or not, really couldn't figure out. They just don't have that kind of analysis capability.
1: Right. Well, one thing's the the capability. The other thing is just the data points. Right. I mean, a single individual operator, like we tell our franchisees, like look you know, you're going to look at the data from your business. We're going to look at the data from all of the franchisees' businesses, right? And that it allows us to see things and trends and, and draw conclusions that you wouldn't be able to see just looking at one site um, or a couple sites uh, if you're a multi-unit operator. So um, so having access to all those data points is, is, is huge for us, and we take advantage of it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, how many units do you guys have up and running now? So we have
1: 15 currently, we're going to have uh, three more opening, uh, three to four more opening by the end of January. Um, and we're, you know, we're targeting to, to have 40 open by uh, the end of next year.
0: Cool. Are you looking for any specific areas, regions, um, or just anywhere there's dogs? <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: it's great. It's great you say that. The reality is is that we we think that you know we we tend to focus on the top fifty to hundred MSAs. So we do believe that. Rural areas are not a good fit for the brand. Um, if you think about, you know, dogs and the opportunities to take your dog and and you know and play with them or socialize with them or train them, there's a lot more you know open space in rural areas. You know, you can go to somebody who might be training agility at a barn um, or something like that. Um, in you know in cities, you don't have those same kind of opportunities. You're pretty much limited to the dog park. Um, maybe, a you know, um, a parking lot or, you know, or something like that. A lot of the places are off limits for, for dogs. So, um, in those metropolitan areas, we think, uh, are perfect for a zoom room to, um, to exist. And so, you know, in terms of across the country, we're, you know, we're pretty much across the country at this point. And by, you know, at the end of next year, we will be, we're opening, you know, several facilities in the Midwest in Ohio and Iowa and, um, Michigan already signed up and, and working on their construction. And then in the Southeast, Florida and Atlanta and Charlotte, and in addition to, you know, where we started in California and, and Texas. So,
0: so if, if I'm, you know, if a person out there listening to this podcast and I'm like a middle manager that's sick of my job um, and, and I really like dogs or maybe even love dogs, what kind of support would I get if, if I bought a Zoom room? Yeah, it's it's a great question. Uh,
1: the reality is is um, is what I tell people is that once you sign the agreement, you know we we put you into our process and our process, you know, we we're going to lay out basically a checklist for you that works you through everything you need to do to get to an opening, right? And you're you know, and we're going to support you every step of the way through that checklist, um, and we're going to get you open. and And if you're not working your way through the checklist, we won't allow you to open because we're not going to allow you to fail. And so, um, and so this process and the system's all there. Um, and then post-opening, we have, you know, um, a ton of franchise operations people who are there full time, uh, to support you. Um, and then, as I said, we're constantly working the data too, so that we can, we can make sure that we're telling you where you you're doing it well and where you're not, um, and, and look for ways to, to continue to drive your performance after that. Cool.
0: What are you most excited about right now in regard to Zoom Room?
1: Well, you know, for me, the excitement is, I mean, I look back on COVID and and the recovery from COVID, and I say to myself, boy, if we had only had 100 units open then, right? Um, And the reality is, is what will be interesting and what we're focused on is really that when people think about dog training, they think about Zoom Room. And, you know, and for that to happen, we, you know, we need to have presence in in these major markets. Um, And, you know, we're starting to build that. But what I get excited about is the idea, you know, we just signed a a three unit agreement for Atlanta and we already had a single person there who was going to open. So, you know, when we get to four or five or six units in Atlanta, now we're starting to build mass in a market. Um, and all of a sudden the brand awareness is there and people aren't, you know, when they think training, they're not going. Well, I guess I could take a class from Petco or PetSmart, um, or maybe from my local, you know, veterinarian or something they are they're thinking, Hey, zoom Rooms is the place to go get training. And let me go find the nearest one for me. That's it. The McDonald's
0: of training. <laughs> that's right. Well, <laughs> right, that's awesome. What is one myth that you could bust right now about either dog training or franchising? You know, franchising in general. I think um, there's a myth that
1: if you're growing the fastest, you're the, you know, they are the best franchise. And and you know, I think that people get enamored with the hottest, latest thing. Um, and the reality is is that you want to make sure that that's a concept that's being built for the long term and that's going to be there for the long term, right? And we talk about COVID. You know, people say, well, you got, you know, more pet adoption during COVID. So does that mean you're going to get a burst in your business and then it's going to come back down? It's like, well, but those dogs are going to be around for the next, you know, 10, 15 years, and then people are going to get another one because they missed, you know, their their pet. And so, you know, it's it's a long cycle. It's not not like, uh, you know, Zoom conferencing where maybe uh, all of a sudden people just go back to the office, right? Um, but it's it's something that uh, you know that isn't easily um, walked back from. So I, I think we're excited about um, you know in franchising. I think you just you have to make sure you do your diligence and really pick a concept that's going to be around for the long term and that's doing things the right way and building the process and infrastructure to support you and not not get too enamored with the latest fad.
0: Very well said. That's my mantra. <laughs> do not <laughs> become infatuated with a concept. Right. uh, You know, find something that is, you know, really supposed to be a franchise and not just a fly by night. Like somebody decided I'm going to franchise this business because I want (laughs) it. So that's uh, that's great. I know that you and Mark are putting great. um, Mark being the founder of the concept, a lot of great work into the foundation of this business to support your franchise owners all over the country. And so um, I appreciate that. And I know your franchise owners really appreciate it. So I want to thank you very much for being on the show. But before we go, any parting words or advice to the listeners if they're thinking about franchising?
1: Um, Yeah, I think that I just leave it kind of a a bit of an add on to what, what we just talked about. But, you know, just do your research, really understand. What it is that you're going to be doing on a day-to-day basis within the franchise, um, you know what you're going to spend your time doing. Understand that from other franchisees within the fr- franchise, and you know, and really focus on the economics. Like, um, you know, there there should be really good disclosure um, in the item 19. There should be you know very good transparency from other franchisees. Um, and just make sure you do your homework so that you really understand, uh, you know, what your expectations
0: should be, um, when you get involved in a franchise. That's great. That, that advice makes my job much easier as a franchise consultant. That's exactly what we want our people to do. So I thank you a million for, uh, for being on the show and, um, we will catch up with you soon, but thanks so much and, uh, have a great day. Thanks, Tom. Really appreciate it. Have a My great day. Pleasure.
1: This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.